Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, March 15th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what we're covering today. FEMA's being sent to the southern border and silence from President Biden over Governor Cuomo. Plus, March Madness is back. But first, the costs of reopening schools is today's one big thing. Most kids are finally making their way back to the classroom for in-person schooling. But for some low-income school districts, it's costing them a lot more. Axios' managing editor, David Nather, has been reporting on America's unequal return to school. David, I think we should start with what a school needs to open back safely. So schools need to be able to do COVID testing. They need masks for everybody. They need probably new ventilation systems, better ventilation. And they're probably going to need additional staff and space because they're going to need smaller class sizes. They're going to have to be able to keep all the students apart. They may even need other things like more bus drivers because you can't fit as many kids safely on the buses. So there's just all sorts of needs. They all cost money. And it's hard for all school districts, but it's definitely harder for some than others. So if you're a lower income school, how are you making this work? If you're a lower income school district, you may be having to cut back on other expenses to make it work. Like the Baltimore schools have had a hiring and spending freeze since the beginning of the pandemic. In Goreville, Illinois, they had to basically have parents volunteer to drive buses because they couldn't get enough bus drivers to run enough buses to keep the kids apart safely. Wow. Well, President Biden just signed a massive COVID relief bill that's supposed to include help for schools. How soon can especially these poor districts get help? Well, that money is on the way now. It may take a little while to get through the bureaucracy, but there is a lot of money that's on the way to help schools. And in particular, school districts are supposed to use 20% of the money to help address learning loss. You know, we've been in remote education for so long that it hasn't worked well for a lot of kids, particularly kids who have been disadvantaged or have learning disabilities. There's already a lot of damage that has happened. So, There's a lot of this money that can be used for measures like summer learning or longer school days or extended school years to try to help make up for some of that lost time. But can they? Education experts are really worried that it's going to be hard to catch up completely. Exodus' managing editor, David Nather. Thanks, David. Thank you. In 15 seconds, I'm back with Axios political reporter Jonathan Swan on what he's watching for in Washington this week. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Axios Today. FEMA is being sent to our southern border and President Biden and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Will the president weigh in? There's just a few things Axios political reporter Jonathan Swan is watching this Monday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning, Nala. Let's start with what FEMA has been doing. They're busy with the vaccine rollout, but now they're also being sent to the border. What's the White House thinking behind that? Joe Biden, during the campaign, 
obviously had very different rhetoric on immigration than Donald Trump did. He was much more welcoming, said we're going to be humane in the way that we treat people. And then he reversed a pretty important policy that Donald Trump had to deter migrants from coming to the border, specifically unaccompanied child migrants. This is a Title 42. It's basically using the pandemic and the public health crisis to turn away everyone from the border. They've kept it in place for all the groups except for children. So what's happened is the combination of Biden's more welcoming rhetoric plus overturning that regulation, plus terrible conditions in these countries south of the border, crises that people are fleeing. It's created a pull, a very strong pull for a a steady stream of unaccompanied children coming to the border. This has been getting more and more intense and the government just doesn't have the facilities to deal with them. We've done a lot of reporting on this. These kids have been put in these border patrol stations for more than three days. They're only uh, supposed to be there for 72 hours or less. It's actually become a crisis. And so now they're mobilizing the federal government. They're getting FEMA involved to try and stand up additional areas that are appropriate for children to house all of these children because the flow isn't decreasing. It's actually increasing. And this could really easily get out of control. You also wrote about the relationship between President Biden and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. After a weekend of prominent Democrats speaking up, Biden did say last night he wants to wait until an investigation is concluded. We saw the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer come out and call for Cuomo's resignation. Schumer and Cuomo have a terrible relationship. So that has no effect whatsoever on Cuomo. If anything, makes him more dug in, more defiant. But him and Biden have a really deep relationship that goes back many years. Biden was friendly with Cuomo's father, Mario Cuomo, the governor of New York. So Biden has clearly been trying to stay out of it and not weigh in. But, you know, the conversations in the White House are continuing. This may end up being an unsustainable situation as we get more and more of these allegations of harassment of female staff. It becomes very difficult for the most powerful Democrat in the country to stay silent. Jonathan, we just had this big stimulus package passed last week. What are you watching for in D.C. this week? Everyone's saying, what's next? What's next? And they just did this huge thing, right? They passed this $1.9 trillion COVID package that has so much more than a COVID package. You know, it's got, if it's made permanent in a year's time, what will be one of the biggest additions to the social safety net we've seen in a generation with this child tax credit, with basically a guaranteed income for families with kids. And so I'm still unpacking this bill, what it means, and we'll be watching where this bill becomes reality, how it affects people's lives. Jonathan Swan is a political reporter for Axios. After last night, the NCAA tournament is ready to go, but March Madness is going to look and feel a bit different this year. Jeff Tracy covers sports for Axios. Jeff, the brackets are set, but how is this tournament going to work? For the first time, it's going to all be held in one location in Indianapolis. So a couple different arenas around the city, but it's all going to happen in Indy. And this is an interesting tournament because of who's not there? It is. Two of the uh, biggest blue bloods out there, Duke and Kentucky, usually perennial favorites. Neither of them is going to be in. And it's actually the first time since 1976 that both of those teams will not be in March Madness. So I wonder if you can help us out with our brackets. What's the one Cinderella team that you are rooting for? 
Well, Loyola Chicago is a really great story. I'm sure a lot of people remember from a couple of years ago with Sister Jean and that 11 seed making uh, the Final Four. They're a really, really strong team again this year. They drew an eight seed. So, you know, a little bit better than that 11 seed. But they do have a really tough bracket because their second round game would actually be against uh, Crosstown, not quite rival, but Illinois. So that would be a big state rivalry game if it happens. From my time in Illinois, it's a very big, there's a there's not good blood there between Loyola and the Illini. Jeff Tracy is Axios' sports reporter. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much. Before we go today, as of Sunday, the CDC is reporting more than 107 million Americans have been vaccinated, including one of my favorite musicians, Yo-Yo Ma. He got his second shot at Berkshire Community College in Western Massachusetts on Saturday. While he was waiting, the world-renowned artist treated everyone to an impromptu concert. That's it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter. If you want more news before tomorrow, you can tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.